Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on vocation, talking about the second estate of vocation, the church. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. Vocation. Vocation, vocation, vocation. And we're done. Brian, you have a Bible verse for us? I do. (laughs) Yes. I do. do. Good. Yes. We're we're continuing to talk about vocation and vocation in the second estate in the church. In the church. We Mm -hmm. talked last episode about the primary vocational relationship Mm -hmm. in the churches between pastor and his congregation, where there are responsibilities of love that flow both ways. Mm -hmm. Now, this this one gets really muddy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can I speak? Just to that, a tiny bit? No. I'm going to anyway. Because that's just me. I'm the wild card. Well, just do it. I wanted to be at least polite, even though I was going to do it anyway. The reciprocal aspect of what we talked about last last episode is really important. And I think I know some pastor friends that are in, in situations where they're serving a congregation, you know, and... There's not that reciprocal aspect. It, mm-hmm. it has almost a consumeristic feel like you were mm. talking about. You're the paid professional. You sure. do all of the work, and then you guys are just fine, and, and that's it. Yep. Uh, but loving your pastor is inviting them to your house, getting to know their family, and that friendship, that reciprocal aspect mm-hmm. of it. And I do think that there are many congregations that overlook that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Thank you for saying that even though I didn't want you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're, there's, uh, you know, we talked about vocation in pairs. And I think, you know, if you were to think about your congregation listener, you probably think about a whole host of people. And there's, there's a back and forth relationships all over the place. Um, but generally speaking here, we're going to talk about, the vocation of being a church member towards other church members. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of the big umbrella. Mm-hmm. If there's any sort of abstraction, this is where it's going to be mm-hmm. at because it's just so yep. generic. Right. And, and, and there's any number of possibilities in yep. a congregation, areas for service um, mm-hmm. that will, there will be flux between congregations, between denominations who mm-hmm. do things differently, um, mm-hmm. all of these things. So we're, we're, we're going to do our best mm-hmm. here, but, but really what you're, the, the, the gist of it is how does one member of a congregation love another member yep. in a congregation as they are part of that congregation? Right. They're, they're directing their good works and their love and the, and the, the blessings towards other fellow church members. And the fear that, or the thing I think that we have to keep in front of us is it's easy to love like-minded people within the congregation. Mm-hmm. And, I wish I could tell you that cliques don't exist within congregations, but they do. And so, honestly, as if you look at, you know, Ephesians chapter 2, where Christ has tore down that dividing wall of hostility, that's in our own churches, too. That there's going to be people that you may not understand or that come from a different, you know, culture or a different socioeconomic you know, reality than you do, but that doesn't mean you don't get to know them. That doesn't mean you love them any less. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one thing I would encourage and just really yeah. maybe, you know, I guess prod. Right. Uh, There's still that self-sacrificial yes, love. absolutely. Mm-hmm. To, and, to love your neighbor as yourself. And now, it, it, again, even in what that looks like in congregations, Brett and I are both pastors of relatively small congregations mm-hmm. speaking. Brian, you're a pastor of a larger congregation. But mm-hmm. what I've told my congregation in that 
is if you look across the room, our sanctuary, mm-hmm. and see someone and you don't know how they're suffering, mm-hmm. you're not fulfilling your vocation as a church member. Hmm. You know, that kind I'm of, stealing that. Yeah, uh, good. It's 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 a, a reality, and and I think before we get into the nitty gritty of this lesson, there are two principles at play here that need to be brought up. What we're talking about first is churches do a terrible job at talking about the importance of church membership. And mm-hmm. again, Ryan, this is yes, something I've stolen yes. from you time and time again in your belief that we are called to a congregation to Preach serve it. in Preach that it, congregation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there is no room in the body of Christ for consumeristic church hopping until we find the one place that is perfect for us until it's not. And then we change. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I understand it and I live in the reality, but there's something in me that sinks to the pit of my stomach when someone tells me they can't join my congregation because of some service we're not offering Mm -hmm. that they say, otherwise I would love to go to your church, but you just don't have a youth group. And we didn't have a youth group until we did have a youth group. Mm-hmm. And now we have a youth group, right? Mm-hmm. And and every time they'd say, I would love to build a youth group around your son or daughter. And, I mean, we just can't have a youth group until we have a youth group. Or you don't have a Wednesday night children's ministry mm-hmm. or whatever it is, that one thing you're lacking. Uh, you know, not to, to make light of it, but I do die a little bit inside mm-hmm. when someone says that to me. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you feel like you could go to my congregation... Mm-hmm. Go to my congregation and help us fix that mm-hmm. instead of finding an excuse not to go to the congregation and, and go shop at Target instead of Walmart yeah. instead of yeah, right. Pomida. And, <laughs> and I found that sometimes when if there's a, a handful of people that say that same thing, if all of them would have stayed, it would have we been. We would have had the thing. Yeah, right. I, I, there, there was, small church pastors, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unite. <laughs> yeah. But uh, – <laughs> Yeah, there there was this time, there's like a three-year stretch right after I started at Faith, where I had like five people tell me they would have loved to come to my church, but we didn't have a youth group. Mm-hmm. And if they would have all stayed, we would have yes. had a youth group of like 10 kids. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things, you put your hands in your hair and you pull and you scream. And but you there's don't have nothing, any hair yeah, on top of your head. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's kind of that catch-22, and mm-hmm. you, there's no way around it. Um, so membership church is important in what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The other thing, and this is my soapbox, so flash the red alerts, Brian, get your hand ready on the stop recording <laughs> button. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, one of my peeves in this, and especially is in American Christianity, it's a pet peeve. Okay. You know, it's my, my, my famous quote, I've got so many peeves, I own a pet store, mm-hmm. uh, that, that sort of thing. But uh, when congregations pay staff to do what the body of Christ is supposed to be doing on a volunteer basis, you are losing your congregation. Mm-hmm. And and this is something you and I have talked about several times, Brett. I think Brian and I have had one or two congregations, but there is a size in my mind mm-hmm. that when a congregation reaches a certain size, they need to plant another church. I, I, mm-hmm. Amen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like, oh... When we talk about pastoral staff, mm-hmm. that's just a foreign concept to me. I will allow for a second pastor, Brian. You've got an associate pastor, Brett. You've mm-hmm. had an intern. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got several volunteer pastors who come to my church. And, and it's fine for a second one um, because sometimes your congregation gets so big you have to juggle multiple responsibilities. But at a certain point, you have seven pastors on your staff, and then you have a, a director for this and a director for that and a director uh, a pastor for that. Of worship, uh, a pastor of worship, uh, a pastor of— Yeah, all of these things. You become, youth, yep. you become professional Christians, mm-hmm. and in the church is called to have the body of Christ participate in the congregation. And so that that's my soapbox. If you're part of a big church, by all means, please, for the sake of the, the gospel spreading in the world, 
consider planting another church nearby, mm-hmm. you know, on the other side of town, in a different area of your metropolitan area. Uh, if you're in rural area, another uh, smaller town across the county, whatever the case might be. But the body of Christ cannot function as the body of Christ if someone is paying someone else to do it for them. Mm-hmm. So soapbox done, put it back in the closet till next time. Thanks. Nope, all. bring it out anytime. Needs to be said. <laughs> all good stuff. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, Brett, mm-hmm. continue on. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, as I think about this, you know, the, there are so many passages in Scripture in the New Testament of the one another, one anothering. Yep. And I think that that's helpful to start thinking about this idea of being a church member with other fellow church members, loving one another, um, encouraging one another day by day. You know, yep. there, there's so many of those verses. Maybe that's a good study that you could do Hebrews 10 yeah. 24 and 25 mm-hmm. and the the what loving your neighbor in the congregation looks like is the mutual edification of the brethren and how importantly mm-hmm. that the writer of Hebrews in that yep. chapter says that it flows out of the assurance of faith in Christ Jesus yep. yeah good let us good. not forsake the meeting together mm-hmm. uh, as some are prone to do yep. but come together for mm-hmm. mutual edification and yeah that's good and anything that is happening in the church between members of the body of Christ is happening for the purpose of encouraging them in the faith, for mm-hmm. strengthening them in the faith, for equipping them in the faith. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just keep on thinking yep. about that. Mm. Yep. And, and so, you know, as you're a church member, when you're coming to church on Sunday, you can be thinking about that. How can I build somebody else up in the faith? And you can also think about how watching God work in your life to build you up in your faith oh. through your fellow church members. Yeah, it's it, in, in, when you start to put feet to your love, when you start to paint a picture of what that looks like, then it's like your mind opens up to, whoa, this is the way God has designed it. And, mm-hmm. and there is no more blessed place in all of creation than the congregation when the body of Christ mm-hmm. is functioning as God designed the body of Christ yeah. to function. Yep. It's a beautiful it's, place. It's very beautiful. And you can just ask a couple questions. Mm-hmm. And this may seem simple, but I don't mm-hmm. know that it's easy. So the first question is, why do you go to church? Mm -hmm. You know, people would say, well, to worship. And I'm like, okay, well, then how does that play out? How does it become a reality? How does vocation, how do we apply the gospel in the life of the congregation as fellow members of the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. What does that look like to you? And it's amazing how people just scratch their heads and like, well, I guess I never really thought about it before. You know, or they'll say, well, it's for me to be fed the word of God, which is, is true and important. Mm-hmm. But also then how can you be a blessing to someone else? Well, and, and, and it's amazing how often even uh, I confess this, that when we think about going to church, we think about the benefits for us, for mm-hmm. me. Yep. Consumer. Uh, yeah, yep. it's, We're a consumer. It's that look. And, and when, you, when you think about it, really the way God has divided it up, what does vocation look like in the congregation, mm-hmm. in the church? There are two real principles at play. We talk about spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. which we'll be talking about in two episodes. So we're not going to do a deep dive today on spiritual gifts. Yep. The other thing is just the roles in the church. What is mm-hmm. going on? What roles do the people of God fulfill in the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. And there, there are just several yeah. different opportunities right. to which, serve your neighbor in the congregation. And it, and it depends congregation to congregation, yeah. it, depending on what you have going on at your church. But definitely there's a, a role of leadership. Yeah. Uh, that, church council. Yep, church council. Or a governing board or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, in AFLC context, I think most of the time, but not exclusive, because I think Brian yours is different than ours. Uh, mm-hmm. We have our our council is divided into deacons, who are the spiritual leaders and uh, trustees, who oversee the material aspects mm-hmm. of the church. But but church leadership, church governance, church council, whatever the case may be, is a vocation mm-hmm. which creates a matching pair. Mm-hmm. Those in leadership yeah. and those who have been elected those people to leadership. Good. How do you serve your fellow members in doing that? Mm-hmm. As a question. Why are you guys talking about it? Because this is a podcast. <laughs> where we discuss well, again, you know, we have we have position descriptions for all those offices, and as you said, ours is a little bit different. So we have elders, we have deacons, and then we have trustees. Mm-hmm. Um, the elders primarily deal with the spiritual aspects of the church. And actually, I, I, I have to admit, I have great elders. I'm very thankful for my elders, and they do a great job supporting me, Pastor Ben, and our families, uh, but also just confirming directions and, and, and vision choices, you know, before we bring them before the entire board. And so that's good. And we have deacons who really primar- primarily deal with hospitality, um, church events, uh, church get-togethers, Pot blessings, whatever you want to uh, call yeah. them. Yeah. Oh my, you are so pious. <laughs> if we were in Colorado, we might have to change the name, right? You know, potluck. Uh, potluck. Dude, yes. you're having a pot blessing. <laughs> we gotta go. Oh, Sorry. Man. So we they deal primarily with hospitality, visitation. We have a visitation team, which is really really cool. And then trustees kind of deal with the building. We have an older building, so there's a lot of work there actually, yeah. uh, kind of keeping up things to date and trying to deal with things that. Mm-hmm. that the building is failing in because it's yeah. older. And so that's kind of how it's divided up. Uh, but then there's also different committees and stuff like that. But um, sometimes you can be too top-heavy, though, too. Mm-hmm. And so I know one thing that we're doing, because the church used to be back in its, its I don't know, you can call it the heyday or whatever, back in the 50s, there was <laughs> 800 people that were coming to that church. Mm-hmm. And so the structure is a bit top-heavy. So we've been slowly trying to streamline that because, you know, that that can be also a detriment, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it also sometimes feeds into that consumeristic idea that we've got all these people doing it. Well, I don't really need to do anything. Yeah. Right. You know, and then again, church membership doesn't become important. Mm-hmm. And I'm really trying to reroute our congregation into things you mentioned and, mm-hmm. and that we're called, if you're called here, you know, commit. Yeah. Right. You know, this exactly. is the, the yeah. place. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and this is the place where you're called to serve too, mm-hmm. not just to be served. Yep. But to serve to both. and to yep, be yep. to be what, the body of Christ. Was it the twenty eighty mm-hmm. rule or the ten ninety rule, where twenty percent of the people do eighty yeah, percent of the work? Yeah, right. yeah, that sort of thing. And, and you know, when the relationship, the vocational relationship of church governance breaks down, you either end up with an inefficient bureaucracy, which mm-hmm. isn't serving anyone, or you end up with mm-hmm. a lordship or mm-hmm. apathy or, or yep. whatever the case yep. might be. But but love can happen mm-hmm. in church government, especially as you, and, and the beauty of it is every congregation looks differently. So you can't give a blanket statement. This no, is what exactly. all mm-hmm. councils should be doing. So we're mm-hmm. not going to waste our time doing that. Yep. But what does your church's particular needs for spiritual care look like? Mm-hmm. That is how your, the spiritual side of your board yep. handles that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's chic to basically say, oh, I don't care about church government and stuff. But this is why mm-hmm. church polity is so yeah. important right. so that you can function as a congregation, yep. fulfilling the call that your congregation has yep. in a way that isn't taxing to people, mm-hmm. but also in a way that isn't you know lording it over people right. so it's dangerous. And so there's a balance of all of those right. things. And just like when, when parents and uh, and those in leadership are doing what they're supposed to do with love 
I'm motivated by the gospel, empowered by the gospel. When there are leaders in place, like lay leaders, mm-hmm. it, things are, it's refreshing to watch. Smoothly. It, and- things run smoothly and I, I, I kind of don't like that term, the business of the church, but but there it, is a the, there is a day to day activity interactions. Yeah. Yep, different it's things. The that practical be done. matters yeah. is what it yep. is, and right. I know one thing we've been intentionally doing with our youth group because after in our congregation, after you're confirmed, you're a voting member, and so we're trying wow, to really? in, yeah, that's crazy. I've never heard that before. Yeah, <laughs> no, and so we're trying to encourage our youth to be a part of yeah, our annual great. meeting, to be a part yeah, of that, right. and this is actually the. Second church that I've served that that has that in place. I just and see I this influx it. of fourteen-year-olds taking over your congregation. I'd yeah, l- I, you know what? I, a giant screen. I honestly <laughs> would would love that because honestly, most of our youth are sick of the games. Yeah, no, they're yeah. sick of the hypocrisy sure. and they want honesty. Yeah. And I've really appreciated them because a lot of the youth that mm-hmm. are involved in 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 our yeah. you know in our church have personally come up to me and Pastor Ben and thanked us for our ministry more so. Than than the old than the adults. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to give my soapbox out again, Brian. You <laughs> go for it, man. Go. Um, Dust that out. Oh my yeah. goodness, <laughs> getting frequent use. But here's the thing: uh, youth groups today, and we're grateful for youth groups. And I am not on the get rid of youth groups and only have intercongregational <laughs> ministry. All I, sure. I, I I don't jibe with that. You said earlier your congregation has a youth group. We have a yep. youth group, and different demographics, age-wise, learn differently. Mm-hmm. But one of the things our youth groups today are missing out on, what youth ministry is missing out on, is teaching youth how to be integrated into the congregation. Yep. Yep. You know, And so like w- one of the things we don't have at my church because of this is we don't have a high school Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. Once you age out of our Sunday school department, you go to adult Sunday school. Mm-hmm. We have youth group, but you go to adult Sunday school. And, and my son already has taken a couple times doing congregational tasks. He's been a, a scripture reader. He's done an usher, and he's the oldest child in the congregation. He's 13, mm-hmm. this sort of thing. If you look at the scope of American Christianity, this is a massive failure on our parts to the detriment Mm -hmm. of the congregation is we have a children's ministry where we take children out of the congregation during the service and have them have their own happy fun club. Preach it. Preach it, brother. Come on. And then when they age on... I know. I'm going to go get in the organ. Yeah. I got the organ in the other room. I need to fire that get, thing up. Get the gospel choir behind me swaying in the background. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we send them to youth group. And they're... I mean, the youth group... Then they go to Youth Island. Well, but but the youth group is just an annex of the congregation is where we put all the smelly teenagers when we don't know what to do with them. And what we don't know what we're doing is we're like, oh, children are better not seen and not heard. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. we, again, we push them off the side. And then what, what do congregations do in the name of trying to minister to people is then we have a college group. And then we have a 20-something group. Mm-hmm. And I've known churches that have 30-something groups. Mm-hmm. And then we have singles ministry. And we have yeah. seniors ministry. And what we've done is we've fabricated the congregation into these small, tight little groups yeah. so that there is no congregation. And you end up having 40-year-olds in your congregation who have no idea how to mm-hmm. be church members. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it drives I, I remember, me crazy. I remember feeling like that yeah. after I got out of college, saying, like, what's my place here? And yeah. it was kind of jarring to be put into a group with people are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. 
but I'm, I've gotten used to but, it. But you're, you're missing out on that intergenerational... And well, that's Titus uh, chapter 2. Yeah. It talks about this beautiful picture of, of multi-generational discipleship. And it's what, what older thing. Christians can do for younger Christians Absolutely. and what older men can do for younger women yep. and older yeah, women for younger right. women. And there needs mm-hmm. to be an interaction and, and, and it needs yeah, to flow that, both ways. That Titus need, 2 passage yeah. is really great for... We should have done that part. one. Yeah, that right. all, what a fail on our part. But the thing is, we, we have... We want these youth to be seen and not heard, but we want to reach out to the youth. Mm-hmm. And, and the congregation needs to be responsible for when they have something to say at the annual meeting, let them say it and don't chuckle and say, ah, shucks, and, and sweep mm-hmm. them off the floor. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I would. In fact, if I saw that, I would call that out I immediately. Would, I'd burst a blood vessel in my <laughs> head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is the thing. Okay, I'll put my soapbox away now, getting back to this. This is what love looks like in the congregation. It's, mm-hmm. you know, when we have passages like there is no male or female or, or slave or free, you know, mm-hmm. race comes into that because it's a major Absolutely. issue where there's division. Age mm-hmm. comes into that. Yeah. And it, even culture, aside from race, because we always say that race is culture, but that doesn't matter. I mean, where did you grow up? I grew up yeah. on a farm. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up in North Minneapolis? And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, a, I mean, those aren't identical. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, you know, so after church governance, yeah. What what we're really looking at as we kind of answer all of these concerns mm-hmm. and these soapboxes and stuff are really just mm-hmm. roles in the congregation. Yeah. We're going to list dozens of them, yeah. particular to context. There's Sunday school, yeah. there's youth group. Okay. There it yeah. is. There's ushers. Right. Uh, there's various committees. You have your right. altar guild. You have your Christian ed committee. What? No, uh, you have all, I mean, we have an evangelism committee, which mm-hmm. we've always kind of joked, why on earth do we have an evangelism committee when that's what the word is doing? That's what God <laughs> Fellowship committee, you know, all these things. Uh, and I think beyond that too, just the, the friendships in the congregation. It's, mm-hmm. I, I love hearing when a group of people from my church go go out to lunch together. Yeah. It makes me that, that so happy that when fellowship I see that. that's happening outside of a Sunday morning. Amen. Yeah. And it should happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it doesn't, but yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, as we wrap this up, I could think of no better scripture. Prep, there might be, but I think that Ephesians <laughs> chapter 2, as it talks about Christ dividing down the hostility, I'm going to read. We're, we're going to have to apologize to Crossway for reading the entire book of Ephesians. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to <laughs> ever apologize for that. Oh, we were reading from the King James earlier. No, that's right. right. We're covered. <laughs> uh, I'm going to begin in verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Mm -hmm. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the topic of vocation. God bless you and have a great week.